Hello everyone, welcome to this week's message. This is the final message of our December series where we've been exploring Jesus as the God with us. And of course, it's the final message of the year as well, 2020. What an unbelievable year this has been. When we started this year, we had no idea what it would look like. But let's face it, nothing in life is certain anyway. We didn't know what this year would look like anyway. And I think so many things that we consider to be sure, grounded and certain have been proved to be quite the opposite. Jobs, homes, international travel, they're not guaranteed to us in life. Even your health is is not always guaranteed. And it's an illusion to think that it, that it was. And I think that this year for many of us, including me and many others, is really reminded us that nothing in life is is certain but the thing about God is that he is certain and our God Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and so we can't know what tomorrow tomorrow holds we never could but we can know the one who holds tomorrow and that's what I want to focus us on as we end this year as we go into a new year that we need to remember that we can know him. We can't know the future. We can't know everything that will happen, but we can know him and we need to know him because it's not just important for this life. It's important for the life to come. And today in this message, I want to just remind you that it's so important to remember where your mind goes. You know, where has your mind gone this year? Have you been worried or have you felt anchored and secured? And you have a choice of how you get to those kind of mental states. And it comes from what you meditate on in the word of God, what you take in, what you listen to. You have so much uh, choice over those things. You don't have to let it be someone else's choice. You need to drink from the rivers of living water. You need to feed on the word of God. You need to fill your mind with his word, with his presence. And that will make all the difference in how you embrace this new year. And, you know, I want to tell you something that there's so many voices out there, but those voices are going to be silenced one day. And all the things we talk about now at some point in the future, we'll never talk about them again. But in eternity, of course, that will be the same as well, because death, mourning, disease, they will be done away with. The former things will be done away with. And these are things that I talked about in the book of Revelation. That's where we're going to be going to today. You see, Jesus had said this in Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said, but my words will by no means pass away. That's Matthew 24, 35. My words will by no means pass away. Isn't that incredible? And in the book of Revelation, Jesus is speaking to John, Apostle John. And Christ, first of all, reminds John who he is. That's the primary thing he wants to convey to John in this encounter with him. More than anything else that is happening in the world or will happen, it's the main thing that he gets John to focus on. And it's important to remember that because that's what Jesus does with us. He wants us to know he is first so that we can uh, then see the world for what it is. It says in the book of Revelation that Jesus comes to John and has something to say to him but it's not really just for him it's for the churches in his area in um, Asia which is actually modern day Turkey 
But as you read on, you see that this is not just a book for those churches back then. This is a church for anyone, whoever hears this book, whoever reads uh, the writings of this prophecy. There's so many kind of inclusive terms that Jesus uses there. Several times in the book of Revelation, more than seven times, he says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And we really do need to hear what Jesus is saying to his church through his Spirit. He says it through his word, what's been written, and through his spirit. He continues to speak. And in this last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, Jesus encourages us that we must hear him. We must hear what he has to say. He is not just giving us some words. He is the word made flesh. And so we need to remember what John saw because it's a revelation that came through him to us. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind you of that today. You see, John, he wrote down the book of Revelation uh, after this encounter with Jesus. But Jesus and John had known each other on the earth. You know, John and Jesus had known each other as human beings, fellow human beings. But of course, John knows that Jesus is more than just a human being. And of course, we, we explored that in, in Malcolm's message. And in these moments with the risen Lord, you know, John has this most in, intense encounter with him he sees him in all his glory you know jesus had even prayed to the father that his followers that his friends would see him in his glory that's actually what he wants for us and that's where we're going in the future you know heaven is only heaven because jesus is who he is you know heaven isn't heaven just because there's nice things there heaven is the home of god and we're going to behold him and he's going to be the greatest thing of all greater than any created thing we're going to see up there and so many people, when they saw God in the Old Testament, uh, they're ruined. It, it destroyed them. You know, some couldn't talk for days. Some said they're ruined. And, you know, he's He's infinite. He's infinite God. And we are finite man. And, you know, in the, in the Bible, it says, you know, no one can see God and live. But, of course, Jesus in the flesh, uh, as he is, he's God and man still. It's possible to look upon God and live because he's veiled in flesh. Um and so it's, it's a mysterious thing to, to think about, but, you know, it's, it's a source of strength to us to know this is who he is. This is the God that we serve. And the book of Revelation is with such a source of strength for believers um, across the world uh, for, for many generations, especially the persecuted church, because it tells us how that we win in the end, that Jesus wins in the end, that evil nations lose, that disease lose, that the devil loses, and uh, it's the ultimate spoiler. And really, the Bible is one of the only books where you should read the end before you've read the rest, because then you know that we win. And of course, that's why there's such a battle for the book of Revelation. The enemy hates it, let's face it. But there's a special blessing for us when we read it. In fact, it's one of the only books in the Bible that says, if you read this book, there's a special blessing attached to it. You know, no other book in the Bible says that. And of course, you could read any book in the Bible and be blessed by it. But the book of Revelation is one of the only books that says, blessed is anyone who reads these words. And we're going to see that in a moment. And so instead of being the stuff of nightmares, I want to remind you that the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It literally means the, the unveiling, uh, the apocalypsis. Okay, we get the word apocalypse from that, but it means literally to lift the veil and to see what was there all along. And it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's seeing him for who he is. That's what John experienced, and that's what we can experience as well. And 
the title that Jesus uses of himself four times in the book of Revelation is the one that I want us to focus on today because Jesus used it four times of himself in the book of Revelation and it's this term or this title the first and the last Jesus is the first and the last and you know if someone says something once you need to pay attention if someone says it twice you really need to pay attention if they say it three or four times you know you really really need to pay attention and so today we're going to read Revelation chapter 1 and we're going to read the final chapter chapter 22 which is of course how the Bible concludes as well so it's a great way to conclude the year and so we're going to read from chapter 1 and we're going to focus in on this title of Jesus being the first and the last and I'll be unpacking that with you today so from Revelation chapter 1 verse 1 we read the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place and he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near John to the seven churches which are in Asia grace to you and peace from him who is and was and is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord who is and was and and the alpha and the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end says the lord who is and was and who is to come the almighty i john your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of jesus christ was on the island that is called patmos for the word of god and for the testimony of jesus christ i was in the spirit on the lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Shemana, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven gold, seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded around his chest with a golden band. And his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth went a sharp, two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun, shining in its strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, 
saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and death. Write these things which you have seen, and these things which are, and the things which will take place after this. So we'll stop there. That's Revelation chapter 1 from verses 1 through 19 in the New King James Version. And like I said, this is an intense moment with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. John said that he fell down as dead. It's it's too much for him, the brilliance of, of standing there. I always imagine it's it would be like standing two feet away from the sun itself or from a nuclear blast, and yet somehow you survived it. You know, that's how kind of intense John kind of pictures this. And he appears to John and, and John writes down what he saw. And of course, when he's inspired to write the book of Revelation, he uses all of these terms that are applied to God in the Old Testament. So he's riding on the clouds. He's riding on, Yahweh rides on the clouds of heaven in the Old Testament. And um, of course, he's one like a son of man. We talked about that in, in my first message, Jesus the God with us, when Jesus actually uses the term son of man to refer to Daniel's uh, vision in Daniel chapter 7, where Daniel sees the one like the son of man who the, the nations will bow down and worship and the kingdom is given to him. And, and of course, that is Jesus Christ, or at least a future vision, maybe how J John saw him, this glorified Jesus. And the way Jesus speaks of himself in this encounter, three times you saw there, how he first of all introduces himself and how he, he concludes this kind of opening statement or opening section of this prophecy, this book of prophecy. He describes himself as the first and the last. Um, again, there's other ways he says this. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter. It was like saying he's the A and the Z. And of course, you know, what comes before A in the alphabet? Nothing. What comes after Z in the alphabet? nothing just like jesus jesus is eternal he was and is and is to come that means eternal and and jesus uses this that he has always existed you know just like our alphabet nothing comes before a nothing comes after z so like christ nothing comes before him or after him he's preeminent nothing comes before god nothing comes after god he created all things and jesus is using that that phraseology, that terminology, and it's being applied to him. That's so significant, especially for those who don't believe that Jesus is God or ever claim to be God. You know, so many false religions would say that Islam and even these Christian groups like Jehovah's Witnesses and and, and other groups that say Jesus uh, never claimed to be God, uh, never died on the cross, uh, never rose from the dead and deny all these key things. And, and they're all here. And it's so important to know this. And to, to understand this, as I know you'll see that more as we go on. Now, in the Old Testament, like I said, there's so many Old Testament references, but one of the key ones we need to remember is Isaiah chapter 44. And in Isaiah chapter 44, verses 6 to 8, it says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Let him declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people. And the things that are coming and shall come, 
let them show these to them. Do not fear, do not be afraid. Have I not told you from that time, declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. That's Isaiah chapter 44, verses 6 to 8. It parallels directly with Revelation chapter 1. There's such a strong connection. There's all of these terms that, that Jesus uses, and it's used of God in the Old Testament. He's the king. He's the redeemer. He's the Lord of the heavenly hosts. He's the one who reveals and is the only one who can reveal what is coming in the future. Um, there's, of course, the, you know, the fact that he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That, is the, that comes directly from Isaiah 44 as well. And, of course, even in Isaiah 44, he uses the same words to, um, to John in this encounter. You know, Do not be afraid. And in Isaiah 44, Jesus there speaks, is, is there another God besides me? He says, I, I, I don't know of any. You know that, like I said already, there's not one verse in the whole Bible that says that Jesus was created. And this is one that shows that no God has ever been created. So Jesus is not a created being. And in fact, when Jesus is repeating these words directly out of his mouth, he is saying that the inspired words of scripture in, the, in those Old Testament scriptures. That was me speaking, saying these things, and I'm saying them again to you. These are eternal truths that pertain to me as the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we need to remember that, and it will really deepen your understanding of, of who Jesus is as God and man when you reflect on these things. And, um, you know, Jesus is still God in heaven, and yet he refers to the father as his god and father and of course the one way to understand that and i think the, the classic way of understanding that is that jesus is still a human in 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 heaven he he is both god and man together he has his dual natures and so he can call the father his god because he's still a human isn't that profound but it doesn't take away from the fact that he is by very nature god as it says in philippians 2 and countless other places. Remember that salvation comes from knowing Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour by knowing him as Lord and knowing him as the Saviour. And how did he save us? He saved us by dying and rising from the dead. So there's three Christian doctrines, three Christian creeds that you can't do away with. If you do away with these, you don't have Christianity. You have a different gospel, a different Jesus altogether. You know, in Romans, Paul writes, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So you need to believe that Jesus is the Lord and that he died and rose from the dead. Islam denies that. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses actually deny that. And other kind of Christian groups as well, they take away from this. So you need to remember that when you when you speak with uh, people who don't hold to these beliefs or if you hold those beliefs yourself. So it's no small thing that Jesus applies this title to himself, not just three times in the opening chapter, but also a fourth time in Revelation chapter 22, the final chapter. And I want to read this to you now. And of course, this is when Jesus is speaking after the judgment of, of the living and the dead. And, and Satan and all his demons have been cast into the lake of fire. And the kingdom of God is now on the earth. The earth is now perfect as it was in the beginning. Uh, as Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, heaven and earth will fade away but my words 
will never fade away. And we're at this moment where Jesus is speaking and the old heaven and the old earth have literally faded away. And of course, this is the, the fulfillment of those words and we're seeing it. And heaven and earth are united and Jesus is speaking. And Jesus says this, says, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside of the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all God's people. Amen. And that's how Revelation chapter 22 concludes. That is how the Bible concludes. Jesus has the last word on everything. He is before all things. He's after all things. He's through all things. He's preeminent. He's sovereign over the nations, the kings, the kingdoms, everything. And he has the first word and he has the last word. He has the final say on it all. And that's why only his words matter. All other names and all other voices will be laid low and Jesus will be seen for what he is. You know, in this scripture here, you see that Jesus reminds us that he is the Messiah, the, the root of David. There's no denying that Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of the Bible as we've talked about so many times. There's no denying that Jesus rose victoriously from the dead. Even history proves that. And Jesus calls himself the bright and morning star. You know, Satan tried to mimic and copy that in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. But Jesus is the bright and morning star. He is the true light of the world and the light of the universe. You know, and when this, this false light, this false religion, the false... Uh, you know, Antichrist and the devil and all that system, okay, everything that's really against him and his truth, they'll be done away with. And we don't want people to go along with that. That's why we beckon you, we beckon you, if you don't know Jesus, to come to him. Don't be on the outside. You see how the book of Revelation ends, how heaven is pictured. There's those on the inside and there's those on the outside. It's quite clear who the people on the outside are. They, they love and practice falsehood and idolatry. And you might think, I know, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. But remember, if you don't believe in the Jesus that is revealed in the scripture, 
you believe in a different Jesus and therefore you do practice idolatry. You've made an image of God of your, of your own. You've made God into your own image. That's why Islam, Jehovah's Witnesses and all these other religions are, are idolatry. And even in our own Christian walk, we need to remember that we can put things above the Lord in our lives that don't belong there. Remember that. Remember that we need to live for eternity. Everything will fade away and this is what will remain. And we will be given for what we've done in our body, good or bad. What we've done in this lifetime, we will be rewarded for in that time. And of course, if you don't know Christ, you'll be punished for it because that's justice do you understand but Jesus doesn't just give you justice justice is good but let me tell you if I had justice given to me for everything I've done I would be cast to hell and so would you Jesus doesn't just give you justice he gives you mercy and grace Jesus paid the price he paid the fine, the penalty, these illegal terms, so that you could be free. He's loved us and freed us by his blood, as it says in Revelation chapter 1. The motivation of liberating us from sin, for giving us this possibility to be washed and to have our robes washed, to have our lives washed, that's what it means, and to come into the kingdom of God, it was motivated by love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And this son, this one and only son, with a smile on his face, with his face shining like the sun, says, come. Anyone who hears these words, come. We talked about how Jesus spoke in Matthew uh, chapter 16, when he says, come to me all who are weary. I'll give you rest. And you know, he's talking about rest from your sin, rest from the world. Rest from this restless world. Come into my peace. Come into my kingdom. Don't be on the outside. You're welcome. You're invited. I've made the way for you. But I'm coming soon. And the age of grace will come to an end. Jesus could come soon. He could take his people away very soon. And I always remember this one interview I heard with Denzel Washington. He's a famous actor who's a Christian. Someone asked him, you're one of the best paid actors in all time. What do you want in life? And Denzel Washington said, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. That's what he wants. And boy, I want to be in that number too. And you have a choice. You have a choice. You know, every breath you take is only because he says so. You owe him so much. But all he asks is for you to come. He doesn't want you to do something for him. He wants you to come so he could wash you, wash you clean. That's what the cross did for us. He did it to wash you clean, to give you new life, and to allow you to come into his home. And you need to remember this. You need to visualize this. That everything in the world is going to fade away, and only the Lord is going to remain, and what the Lord upholds what he chooses to uphold only righteousness will dwell in the kingdom of God and he's made a way for us to be righteous in his sight he's the king of glory and Jesus says if you want to keep drinking the filth of the world 
let him who who practices lawlessness let them continue on you know jesus gives us free will to sin you know that but he also gives us the free will choice the choice to come to him and say let me drink you can drink come come into my presence come into my world if you're spiritually thirsty don't drink from the filth of the world come to him this world has nothing to offer you we read last week from mark chapter 8 verse 36 for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul do you know this world tells you you can have it all and we know it's not true but jesus says you can really have it all but it's not in the way that this world presents it to you you can have a share in the kingdom of god you can have a share in the tree of life an inheritance in heaven heaven on earth that's what i want for you and that's what's best for you because i made you to be there but of course we can fix our eyes on other things and we can put other things above that what's more important than that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world which you can't do anyway and lose your soul what are you listening to and what are you drinking what are you drinking are you drinking the filth of the world or are you drinking the waters of life the spirit has been poured out that we may have life living in us and we're commanded in scripture not only to drink we're commanded to listen as we talked about and to also look it says look he is coming soon look how many times in the bible does it say look 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 fix your eyes on jesus see him john the baptist says behold behold it means gaze upon the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world we need to fix our eyes on jesus we need to fix our eyes on him peter was walking on the water and he was looking at jesus and the moment he took his eyes off jesus he sank it's a lesson for us because in the bible the waves the seas the roaring seas it represents the nations the chaos of the world that's literally what it means if you look if you a bible study on that and jesus says you can you could stand above it all on the waves if you keep your eyes on me how amazing is that he's the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end who was and is and is to come and he is coming soon and i'm i'm just reminded that this is the the answer to the anxious heart to the anxious mind the anxious soul is to gaze upon him is to drink from the right place it's to listen to the right thing and it's to look to where your help comes from it's the lord i'm reminded of the song turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace and so if you've never received him and you've never drank from those living waters of his of his of his spirit which are so available to you then do that today make a decision to come before him to bow your knee and say i was wrong i was wrong and you were right lord you have the first say you have the last say on it all and i listen to you today and i look toward you so let's just let's just conclude this time let's just sing that song together if you're comfortable with that to sing turn your eyes on jesus and you can just receive this song as i sing it over you if you wish
Lord Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace yeah we look to you lord you want to sing that again with me sing that again with me right now oh we turn our eyes upon jesus Look full in your wonderful face. And the things of earth, they'll grow strangely dim. In the light of your glory and grace. Thank you, Lord. 